Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion. I'm your host, ADV. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a really great show for you guys. Um, it's good to be back. I actually did an Optional Opinion feature this week, and it's asking, can the rising sun still shine? So basically, I'm talking about is Japan important still here in America? Are, you know, Japan, Japanese gaming and the games that come out, like, do they still make an impact here in America? And uh, you can read that feature on IGN.com under anime, E-N-I-M-E. Um, this is my first time doing a seven-day blog. So it's from Sunday to Saturday uh, with you guys hearing this one. The last blog did just go up. So do check it out. Um, it's a very good read. Hopefully you guys will, uh, enjoy what I've written, uh, written for you guys. Um, and you know, create some discussion and, you know, I would love some more feedback and I'll talk about that a little bit more later on down the line. So, uh, the first topic that I brought up is what caused the fall in the first place? Well, definitely for, for my point of view that there was a change in the market pretty much after it got to the PS. Uh, two era when we started getting to the PS3, there was a shift, and most of that shift was um due to online. Um, we were still getting a lot of different Japanese games in the PS2, GameCube, Xbox era, um, but mostly PS2 and GameCube were bringing out some really strong titles from uh, a lot of Japanese developers. Like Capcom, they were bringing out like Okami and Vita for Joe. Um, GameCube, of course, we had Resident Evil 4, but we also had like PN05. Uh, we had Killer Seven. Like we was getting, still getting some quirky games, and you know, Metal Gear was still big. It was kind of uh, a very like, you know, uh, really triple A title for Konami, because a lot of their titles kind of went to the wayside. You know, Pro Evolution was still big uh, for those who needed a soccer fix, but pretty much like Mortal, not Mortal Kombat, but. Uh, Metal Gear Solid was kind of like leading the pack uh, of, you know, with Konami's business. And still, you know, Capcom had, not Capcom, but uh, Konami had Castlevania on on the handhelds. So that was still making a lot of business. But outside of that, uh, anything big, like from Neko Bandai, was still like the Tekken series. Uh, and, you know, for GameCube, Soul Calibur 2 was huge. But all of that started shifting when uh, online gaming became a thing. Um, you know, when 360, uh, you know, came into place for the next generation and showing off its HD graphics. Um, it took, a, it took a, a little bit time to get everything right. But a lot of the Japanese games started falling back. And the weird thing about it is is that we start losing that creativity on what made Japanese gaming what it is. We didn't really see for uh, for for a while, you know, kind of these weird and quirky games that Japan was known for. Uh, and for a lot of us, uh, when it comes to online gaming, we we were we got caught up into the first person shooter market and because of that all that quirkiness and that weirdness that we expected from japan that we love that wasn't doing it for those kind of businesses 
So it got to a point where if you weren't like uh Activision with Call of Duty and you weren't um battling out with EA, you know, with the Battlefield series, um you were kind of missing out on some uh some of the games that Japan has to offer. And you know, Japan really couldn't keep up because they're not known for first-person shooters. Um there hasn't been uh any first-person shooters that I know of besides maybe the Final Fantasy 7 uh uh that bad derate der- der- uh Derbis game or one of the one of those games that uh, was just so problematic that was on ps2 um uh search of the rape something like that i forgot i'm sorry everybody um it was just that like when we think of japan it was just like nintendo definitely was taking over but nothing first person shooter wise was you know coming from japan so nothing really could have matched uh soon enough you know we got games like borderlands um and you know and other titles like that that just took over the uh market space so that change in the market shifted the idea of what japanese gaming could do for us and we and i kind of feel like definitely for me that was started the fall because i wasn't gonna get those weird games and quirky games that i love love from japan um and even if they look like bargain basement games I wasn't getting that no more. You know, most of the bargain basement games were coming from the West or some from your from Europe. And it, it's kind of sad to me that that kind of happened at that time period. You know, there was a strong market for that. Um, and the quirky and weird Japanese games, they brought out different kind of gameplay mechanics, different, you know, skill levels that you could get to or that you could see if it's going to improve your current skill level in games. And for me, you know, definitely working in the retail space and helping people, you know, trying to find some really good games. The Japanese ones that I tried to show them that I, you know, I was just like, this game is really good, got good markings, you'll definitely enjoy it. It got passed up because they believe that this game, because it's from Japan, it's a lot of rating. It's a lot of text, and they don't want to deal with that. And it was just like, why? I mean, this game doesn't have a lot of text in it. It is really kind of like you pick up and play and you enjoy. It's going to make you laugh. It's so out there and not so mainstream that you might actually enjoy it. It might really fit into your library. And that just, you know, that didn't do nothing to them. So it didn't really appeal to them, which is weird that it didn't appeal to them. Because usually in video games, when you when I think about video games personally, is that I think of fun. And fun could come from different areas of gaming. Whether it's pinball, board games, uh, escape rooms, uh, even art, like finding pictures and stuff. Like, there could be a lot of fun coming out of that, you know, talking to people, having discussions about video games. There's just so much. And for a lot of people, you know, their lack of diversity in gaming, like, like how they view it and what games that they get. And it's not a knock to anybody or, or something, but, 
you know, sometimes when you lack something, you could help cause a fall or something. So, yes, this industry is still going strong. And, you know, people do statistics and numbers and all of that. The the lack of recognition and the, and the lack of diversity is just, it, it saddens me in a, in a way. Because, you know, for me, I own a lot of uh, Japanese games. Uh, definitely from Nintendo, from Neko, from Capcom, uh, from uh, Tecmo, uh, Kobe Tecmo, um, well, Bandai Namco now. And, you know, like some other games and, you know, Atlas that I own some. But I also own some from the West, like, uh, uh, you know, EA, Activision, Ubisoft being more in Europe, uh, you know, so and some Canadian games and stuff like that. Like I own like a diverse with definitely also indie games. So, I mean, my portfolio is very diversified, but there are some RPGs, there are some shooters and there are just some weirdness of games that come from Japan that I also own too that nobody would ever uh really think of, and I kind of get something out of them. I have like you know really fun of them. Um, definitely for me doing a podcast, I always said this that when with me being a podcaster, that I get a taste of everything that I that I learn from it. Yes, I can have some dislikes. But I need to try stuff out to get a better understanding of it to talk about it. You know, help me with my topics, help me do the research, help me give you guys, uh, you know, optional opinion and, you know, different topics and stuff. I think when when people lack uh, the recognition of Japan and their games is that it's it's just not Nintendo. You know, when people think of Japan, they think automatically of Nintendo. Um, for some people, they might think of Street Fighter because of Capcom, or for some people, Resident Evil or Mega Man. Um, when you speak of Konami, you probably think of their arcade brawlers like X-Men, uh, Metamorphosis Force, uh, you know, The Simpsons. Like, you might think of stuff like that coming from Japan, but there really is some just, like, some off-the-beat-wall stuff like that, that that comes out, you know, uh, DMs, uh, Devil May Cry, um, you know, was kind of a weird thing, definitely off the heels of Resident Evil. And it, you know, brought in that stylized action. You know, people were just like, well, it's dark and demonic, but it has more of a beat em up action feel to it. Like, and for a lot of people who love the series, the popularity of it kind of have went downhill, even, you know, even with the whole cry out of DMC Devil May Cry uh, and stuff like that. Um, there's also like Japanese uh, RPGs, like novels and uh, adventure games that uh, came from Japan that, uh, you know, we have not even tried. And I give it to Sony for placing them on PSN that just like, hey guys, we got these kind of indie games and these uh, other role-playing games that you might not think of. And you might actually find them interesting. And sometimes people will just be like, no, because they're not marketed well or they're not part of what I like as a game. They'll just go and, you know, stick to whatever that's co- they're comfortable with. So that lack of diversity and that lack of recognition really affects, you know, Japan. And I think that's when we when I talk about Japan and I see how 
things of that nature on how Japan just fell from being very important in America. It's just that, you know, there are just some things that gamers nowadays just refuse to try. And it kind of saddens me that they refuse to try because I think when you try something out, you get a healthier conversation. Now, people get on me about my dislike of Grand Theft Auto V and even my dislike of Star Wars. But I have a dislike a dislike of them for for personal and various reasons. But there's people that I know that I'm just like, well, have you have you tried to look at Ghost in the Shell? Have you tried to look at Gundam, like anime stuff? Have you tried to look like at look at some of the um nor Japanese movies that's on Netflix? Like, have you gone outside your box to check out some of the stuff? And some people tell me no, they haven't. And I would, and you know, I sometimes will recommend some titles and be like, you know, maybe check this out. Uh, it might be for good laughs, but it's also, you know, might be up your avenue. And the kind of that's how I feel with some Japanese games that you know, for some people who don't, who don't, who like first person shooters, I'm like, hey, well, have you tried Ikaruka? You know, have you? Do you remember uh, Darius? And uh, do you remember? Uh, salamander or you know our type stuff like that like maybe or even actually you know uh you can find some of these titles like on some on some of these systems um or if there's still an arcade around you know you might be able to uh go and see that i'm like maybe you should try that and see if you like them you know get get a twitch sugar and you know in your hands maybe you will like that since you like shooting stuff up and you know for points and for rankings and stuff like that and maybe they could do that uh who knows but you you know that would diversify things that you just love to shoot uh, and playing it safe and even like with sports games for me yes i need to play more no more real life sports like madden and fifa stuff and i love the arcadey sports games and stuff and i kind of like some of the indie games that they're taking sports but they're adding a new twist to it you know and kind of like stuff like that and I, I feel like just personally for me, uh, you know, Japan could go out and really bring some quirky indie games that I hopefully on Switch, I, I believe that those games will come out definitely with it being region free. Uh, you know, if we could get more spotlight on Japanese indie games, that actually might change the cold conversation. Uh, I would love to see more Japanese indies on Microsoft and on Sony getting marketed. Uh, but for right now, we just we probably won't see that for a good while. Um, you know, we have America indies and things of that nature. But I feel like some of them are they're still kind of playing it safe, barring off the Metroidvania or barring off like a time limit or a road kind of game. Like they're still limiting themselves to different genres, and it just starts feeling very samey. Even though it's a you know a small game, I think there could be some indies that could just really try and push the boundaries um, for it. But who knows? But that's just my opinions on why I think. That's why Japan uh, fell in the first place, you know, having a change in the market, online gaming. And kind of what I want to say with the online game is that I think some of the communities in online gaming has really put a negative effect 
on gaming in general. And I think until that starts becoming more positive, until that aspect starts getting fixed, um, I I think Japanese gaming, you know, it's good for me personally that it kind of stays offline. You know, it yeah, it might seem important to some people that online gaming is good, but I still feel like Japanese gaming, if it's a single player game or something like that, and don't really rely heavily on online, I kind of hope that stays that way because there there's still some online things that needs to be fixed here in America for Japan to make that transition and it becomes very very welcoming like I would love to like Overwatch some people have said that you know it's been doing good across the universe you know across the world and that's good that's very positive and I love hearing things about that um but you know if we ever get a new fantasy star like i hope hopefully there still be some goodness to it uh you know splatoon was really good that yeah we didn't have voice chat and stuff there and we were some people were kind of mad with japanese players but you know it showed us the different different skill level and the competitiveness and 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 it just makes you want to become a better player um and even like with poking and stuff, like just fighting around the world, uh, finding Japanese players, uh, you know, Super Mario Maker, uh, t- trying out some Japanese levels and stuff. Like we, uh, you know, that stuff has been good, but it can be better, and I hope it does get better. You know, that that's how I feel about it. Um, so when I come back, um, I'm actually going to be talking about are we destroying or saving Japanese gaming? You know, are we really, is, is what are we doing to hurt it? Uh, we know the cause of the fall or, you know, my opinion, why things fell in the first place. But is it to a point that we actually damaged it that bad or are we actually saving it? So when I come back, we will get into that topic. Are we destroying or saving Japanese games? Well, I think we're destroying it by playing it safe. I I believe that us buying the same titles in a franchise uh, every year, and this is not a dig to Call of Duty or anything, 
I think we buy a lot of, of the same, just basic titles and franchises that we know. Instead of trying new IPs, it kind of hurts uh, the market in total. And definitely with Japan, when they're releasing some really good games, and yeah, they also, they don't do it, you know, kind of annually like a lot of companies do. Um, I think when we don't pick them up or we don't try them, uh, definitely... Uh, for like role playing games and stuff like that, uh, I, I feel like that we're you know playing it safe kind of just uh, helps that Japan doesn't matter in America um, it, as it seems. You know, of course, with a lot of modern players of now, you could say that the Dark Souls games or like the Souls games in total have been the one that you know people have been you know keeping somewhat of Japan afloat, you know, by buying those games. You know, there's a million and a lot of good players who play that style of game, but there's not many people who go out of that nature to find other games, uh, in, you know, that Japan make that we know that we normally don't talk about, uh, uh, to buy, you know, a lot of people still play EA and still play Activision. And sometimes it comes to only those two being very meaningful in their library. So, you know, like I said in the last section, you know, not diversifying their, uh, you know, just not being diverse enough to actually uh, buy, you know, games outside that, you know, that they're comfortable with. I think sometimes that just, you know, really destroys the side of Japan. It makes um, those American companies safe because they're getting support. But it doesn't mean that the uh, market that Japan has for us is safe. You know, in, in a way, it kind of forced the Japanese market to appeal to the West. So, of course, we got like Resident Evil 4, but... No, with Resident Evil Five and Resident Evil Six, they they couldn't change it up, so they had to rely on that over the top, uh, you know, Michael Bay action because it appealed to us. You know, if all we cared about explosions and you know we we at E three getting excited about things going bang and boom and you know having that cinematic feel and stuff like that. Uh, those in Japan are going to pick up on that. And so what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to make games and traders look uh, like that and appeal to us. And sometimes that's not good for us where, where we we're so excited about the special effects that we forget what the gameplay is going to be like when we actually play that game. Now, I'm, and I don't want to say that, you know, playing it safe it's going to be the total downfall for it. But it's just going to be, if you sometimes look at your library, you're going to be like, this is kind of like everything is going to feel just repetitive and just feel the same. And you're not going to advance in gaming. That's what I, f- I see. I feel like you're not going to advance in gaming where people who are willing to try something will start getting a new experience. You know, um, you know, games like, um, I keep going back to Beautiful Joe. You know, it's a slow down, beat them up and stuff. People would think that well, the art style looks very cartoony, so I'm not going to play it. But they don't realize the challenge that's in that game. You know, sometimes you you know it's a old school beat them up 
kind of style of game. But I think if people, more people would have played it, I think Clover itself would still be open. But I guess that failure of, you know, Clover being closed down would have gave us platinum. So, I mean, it, it still worked out well for us. Um, and, you know, Platinum is definitely really good at making, you know, over-the-top action-style games. Like, they they have a B-movie quality to them. And that's that weird and quirkiness, quirkiness that I actually love about Platinum. Um, that it, it feels like it's appealing to the West, but it has such a Japanese design to it. You know, with its action. Now, a lot of their games, you know, them being the stylized action company and stuff, a lot of them feel pretty much repetitive also. Like, they, like it's a combo beat-em-up style kind of game. And, you know, there's a difficulty to it. The story is there, but the story is really just to keep the game moving along. Uh, you know, Resident Evil 5, if you look at it, definitely from Capcom, like, it they lost the appeal of us shooting zombies. You know, zombies are still important, but, uh, you know, it appealed to us because it was just an online over the top shooter, you know, work with the computer or work with another player. And you guys could just blast zombies in a linear fashion. You know, it was kind of stage based and, you know, that's what for some people that's what they they wanted to do um and then you see how what they did with resident evil 6 and it just went kind of down here for there um you know uh and it's weird like a game like vanquish that you know is it's beautiful and it's very japanese in its art direction but it's really just a cover-based shooter um you know in the style in this uh style of gears of war and other games that's like that. And so we kind of just like, you know, playing it safe, like kind of forced the market to do that for us. And it's just like, well, I, I, I wish I had another game like Ikaruga. Like, I wish I got a, another game like Sin and Punishment, Space Harrier. Um, like, I, I kind of wish that some of those games will come back you know super ghouls and oh, so not super ghouls and ghosts but ghouls and ghosts or ghosts and goblins whatever you want to uh call it um i kind of wish that little game came back you know if people can handle dark souls or those souls games i want to see what they do with uh ghosts and goblins like deal with the frustration deal with the platform jumping like you only get one hit like if you don't find a thing to get your armor back then you're dead you know i kind of want to see some of that come back um but because of some people who don't really like very hard games but can still play the souls games still don't understand that uh we're not gonna see that so uh but i can't say that we are saving it slowly um definitely with nintendo being a big part of it um, if you look at Master Hunter, how that was still a niche title and Fire Emblem was such a niche title and Atlas, you know, their their run of games were very limited in uh, America. I think once all of those games start showing on Nintendo's handheld and for some of them, some of their consoles, they expanded out to become more of a recognizable companies and they started making more money. You know, Master Hunter 4 was a huge seller for Capcom and that really pushed Master Hunter to the forefront that, you know, 
people love these games and they kind of want more of it and they're digging the style you know they're they're like they see oh another new monster hunter they're ready to pick it up um fire emblem you know we all know the story about awakening that that was going to be the last game and if it didn't sell well then you know fire emblem could have came to a halt you know could have stopped and because there was so much love and support put into that game people showed the same love and support and it became for some people game of the year like it was really high up there in its nominations for a handheld game of the year um of course we had legend of zelda uh a link between worlds and that kind of beat it up but i'm like we had a great game within fire emblem and now look at them you know with fates coming out and selling the way that it sold uh, we got another uh, Fire Emblem coming to Switch and then a main game coming to Switch like next year. So we are seeing some really good things that's in, you know, coming out from Japan. Um, definitely, uh, you know, with um, with Nelco Bandai working with Nintendo and Capcom working with Nintendo, uh, like Luigi's Mansion, that arcade game, you know, that still does wonders. Mario Kart uh, GP uh, still does wonders in arcade. Like, if you, if you have a Dave & Buster's or any arcade that has those games, people are still putting tokens or quarters in them and still enjoying that experience. So that's really good to see, you know, games like that uh, being done. Uh, of course, yes, we did have like Mighty Mighty Number no. Nine. We thought that was gonna be like the resurrection of a Mega Man style game, but it it didn't meet expectations, and it was kind of a letdown for it. Um, but you know, maybe you know with all the delays and all the changes and stuff, that, you know, the the original vision that that game had kind of changed and really shifted and that that was a problem with it you know it's sad to see that um definitely uh i i am going to pick it up and i do want to give it a try i want to give it a fair shake i didn't pick it up uh when it initially came out but i do want to give it a try and be able to form my own opinions and just examine it to it i know people are just like oh you're in a world of you know you shouldn't play that game just avoid it but i think like i said earlier to get a good experience and to be fair to all games and to understand them i got to try it i gotta pick it up and i gotta play it um with the uh, release of the nintendo switch uh the power of it uh like i spoke in uh the last section i really think that indie games could really help japan and really save uh japanese gaming um definitely with square enix uh bringing out games like the last sphere and uh rick um bringing out uh, one of their other games that they had for the switch that <laughs> i cannot um uh, um uh, set sooner um oh i am set sooner you know with that coming out for switch you know hopefully we see more games like that on definitely on ps4 and on switch i wish they did come to xbox but they're not uh definitely you know with the power of nintendo switch uh being so very popular hopefully we see a lot of japanese developers bring a lot of their titles onto switch than uh microsoft and sony not saying that they shouldn't but i think the switch is really good for japanese gaming japanese culture i think that's the that would be the system that you know will offer two different ex experiences in gaming um over uh what microsoft and sony could offer like if they're not willing to give uh a lot of 
headway to Japanese markets and stuff. If Nintendo is willing to take a risk off of it, and even if they just made their games digital um, over here, or, you know, they put them on the, on the eShop, and they'd be like, you know, this game isn't coming to America. But, you know, people make be like, hey, come if you guys want still want to play this, um, go into your uh, Japanese account and, you know, use, go to Amazon Japan and buy some points there, and then use those points and buy the game. And so that way, you'll have that experience. And yes, there won't be localized and stuff. You'll still have to try to figure things out. But if you're willing to give it a try, Switch would be the place to do it. And I think that will kind of show, hopefully show that, you know, the sales of that game is is strong to be like hey you know maybe there might be some pr people in japan who have to look at the market and stuff you know pay attention and stuff and maybe they may see some sales in america about their game to be like well you know we got fifteen thousand dollars in america and that we might you know if we localize this we might get more you know hopefully you know word of mouth because word of mouth plays a really big part in marketing so it would definitely be good to see stuff like that um but at this point in time i I feel like japanese gaming is kind of going downhill i feel like we are destroying it by a little bit by playing it safe um and if we are saving it we're doing it very slowly and i kind i just i really want the best for japan because um like for me personally i don't want their games to go away i don't want their development going away and stuff uh definitely with this past e3 i've seen um you know something like cold vein i'm very interested it it, it is a soul style game but it looks very interesting to play and you know maybe bandai nepco could release some other weird japanese games here in america that's what i would love to see and maybe some of that could come to the switch uh maybe some that could come to microsoft's platform uh definitely here in america microsoft really needs some japanese support um i know it's not getting you know kind of the xbox is dead in japan but i still feel like you know what companies still make some games for microsoft you know just dragon ball fighter z or like those kind of anime games they only could get you so far um i want to see kind of really weird and quirky games on xbox one maybe that would be good and like before all these games to get marketed so we are destroying it by playing it safe but we're slowly saving it by trying you know you know definitely getting like nintendo games and maybe some of the souls games that we buy um i think if we show more support to japan that we actually can just kind of like save it and really feel like that those games really matter here in america so when i come back i want to ask can japan still coexist with the west maybe they can't who knows we'll see when i come back
So, can Japan still coexist with the West? Well, at this point in time, they can. They they really can. And they pretty much have. If you think about it, actually, fighting games have become such a major uh, part of gaming. Uh, you know, of course, we have, like, you know, the EVO tournament, uh, tournament and stuff like that. Uh, where we have fighters across the world playing and fighting against each other, being very competitive. Um, fighting games have been kind of like a like one of the major things that um, people could just find that they're able to test their skill and communicate on a level that's very understandable. Like there's a language that's there that there's some respect. Um, there are some people who are kind of... Uh, not hard-headed, but, you know, need to manage their anger and stuff like that and act out in a way. But I think, like, if I fought a Japanese player and or even a Western player and their skill level was better than mine, I'm still able to have fun. And I'm still able to... Sh- and I still be able to respect them on the level to be like, you know, do you play more Japanese games like this? And what do you recommend that I work on and that I learn this stuff? And, you know, if, if someone playing Guilty Gear's uh, Zerd or someone playing um, JoJo's Adventure Fighting Game or Set of Moon Fighter or, you know, Bloody War, like if there's like other kind of weird Japanese games that they're, play, that they're playing, you know, Marvel, Marvel vs. Capcom and stuff, that you know i might be interested in it too and that i should learn and like learning from them can help my skill set in on like uh, other fighting games i'm down for that and you know i'll probably get my tail whooped with by a japanese player if that you know from actually japan who really spent time and you know develop their skill in the game like i would love to do that um, because our, you know, we might not be able to speak to each other, but there's a respect that, you know, of that challenge to be like, wow, you, you are on a whole nother level with me and you're challenging my skill. You make me think outside the box and use the tools that are in this game. So stuff like that, you know, that exists in the West, you know, that, that, that just shows how Japan games really matter. Like there's, you know, being able to tell, uh, like just be able to break a language barrier, but still speak so many. Um, it's just shown that you know, as good as the game that is in the West, like Mortal Kombat, Cure the Instinct, we still deliver some fighters like Fatal Fury and King of Fighters and stuff. We still deliver some fighters that are on that same level and can be respected and should be respected. Um, if you're willing to give it a try. Um, Atlas, of course, they, they're just, they kind of stole the crown from Square Enix when it comes to RPGs, but they do well in their native territory and, and, and here, you know, Atlas tries to take some of, you know, some of their Japanese games and, uh, be able to work it across the world. Um, definitely here in the West, you know, with them having a huge library on, uh, the 3DS and a little bit on the DS and stuff. Uh, with and Persona being such a hit on, you know, with PlayStation, you know, Atlas is one of those companies that just like they release something, they show it, and no matter what their sell numbers look like, 
they would still bring product out. You know, it was shocking to us that Sega brought it. But, you know, if this is the what helps to keep the company afloat, you know, well, you know, you guys do what you need to do. And the sales and the talk about Atlas has always been positive. You know, when they started out, they was very niche and their games were lim- limited. But, you know, with them going more into a digital age with their games. And sometimes you might be able to find some hard copies. You just got to search and look. Um, it, it still shows you that, you know, they're willing to bring out a lot of great titles if we're willing to play them. And sometimes they have very good sales on the 3DS. So you could pick up some of those games on the cheap and, you know, definitely in this time in the summer, take them on the go. And I really like that. I really love that Atlas is still being able to just just be accepted everywhere and just being able to exist here in the west with uh other with other games is you know and being on that high caliber of of, of acceptance like their level um uh, with a lot of the games being universal it's just it just shows that japanese games uh like when you play it sometimes you don't understand it but if you stick with it you'll get it um like at this time um with my back uh backlash bash blowout i'm playing star ocean um integrity and faithful uh faithless or faithfulness or something like that um and you know it's a very japanese role-playing game but i'm enjoying it you know i I haven't really played a Star Ocean game since the first one that came on PS1. And I really didn't get into its battle system. But I'm enjoying this one. And it really speaks to me. And, you know, for those who have played the Tales games and stuff, I'm like, okay, you guys went in and, you know, you're ready to you're ready to tell a deeper story. Now, I just got to use kind of my old mechanics of grinding to get my characters up. But I understand what this is. I'm like, and I'm really enjoy this um and depending on how people see and stuff there's games like this that i love you know it has a uh it has kind of a 2d beat-em-up mentality that i kind of that i miss so you know the language in that game really speaks to me and this game like universally really can appeal to anybody because it's so easy with us pick up and play um you know, arcades definitely needing a resurgence. You know, arcades really did make uh Japan exist in this game. Of course, we had consoles and stuff, but arcades were a place where, you know, some of those high quality games that they couldn't do on old technology, um, they they were just something that you never seen. They were like on a whole new level, and they kept you coming back for more and more. You know. Of course, there's going to be difficulty. Of course, there's going to be like seven or eight levels and stuff. Uh, of course, you know, they're going to have you be able to play with other people that you never met or anything. But your skill levels could be the same or different. You know, you can actually play the game by chance. And that used to be very major in America. And, you know, with that existing, maybe we need that again. Maybe it, it needs to come back and show people that, you know, Back in the day, this is how we also existed in the West. You know, our arcade games, our cabinets, our artwork and stuff, you know, say no to drugs and stuff. Like, that's, those things really mattered, uh, you know, because, of course, for us, we had Pinball, we had Midway, and at a point, EA, because they brought up brought over Battletoads. You know, Capcom, SNK, Konami, uh, 
Tecmo, Atari, Sega. Like, they were bringing arcade games here that we just really enjoy. And, of course, Atari was was pretty much uh, at the West. But, um, you know, we... There were some games about Atari that looked very Japanese, that, that kind of had that Atari feel, but still was very Japanese in a sense. You know, Nemco having, um, you know, like pole position and stuff. Like, we kind of missed those games and kind of wish that they would come back. Uh, just the, the thing about it with arcades, I'm sorry, getting off a little bit off topic. The things with arcades is that. If you go to an arcade that has some of those old games, you still see how important people are playing those games and how, how those games were meaningful to them in their childhood. I think if you take new players who've never been to arcade or experienced uh, arcade, I think they would actually be surprised to be like, well, where do, we, where do I save? And, you know, it takes them away from the mobile phone or their handheld or even their Switch. Like, it takes a way to be like, you know what, let's play this game and, you know, work on your skill with the difficulty, the lies and the energy that you have. Like escape from the norm of gaming that you are accustomed to and let's go out and try something different. And arcades used to do that. Arcades used to be the place where you would see some big crazy thing and give it a try. Or you would see some kind of game that you've never heard of and was willing to try. Um, and probably get your tail kicked at and probably be like, I need another token. I need another coin. Or oh, the continued thing has went off. So now I have to start all over and stuff. You know, if you even if you could go to an arcade that have free continues and you play a, pay a certain amount to get in. Like me, I go to Galloping Ghost when I can and just be like, oh, you know, this, these games of course that are free because I'm paying twenty dollars the interest fee and I help keep this keep these games running. You know it would be good to go in and then also topping high scores. You know putting in your letter in that used to be the thing. You know trophies are good and achievements and stuff are good and stuff. And for some people leaderboards and are are good, but there's always that quality that you know that challenge of seeing somebody else's initials and you doing your best without any kind of cheese with any not any kind of help or anything you doing it on your own to get up to that point level and beat it you know try to perfect the whole fighting game without getting touched and beating it in a short time and stuff like speed running this and everything like th that stuff is still big in the arcade scene and if you could do that if japan was able to bring games over here that wasn't coming to consoles you know later until later on down the line I think that would be such a good thing. I think that's the next level of exclusivity that needs to happen. That, you know, it, the exclusive doesn't come to console. That this exclusive is only belongs to this place and it's it's an arcade game. That's the next version. I think that's the next exclusive exclusives that needs to happen. Um, handheld games, you know, like I stated earlier with Atlas and stuff, you know, the handheld is keeping Japan afloat and existing in the West. Also, there's just so many games that just come from everywhere. That you know, definitely with Atlas, like I said, Atlas, um, Namco, um, you know. Nintendo and some of these other small companies, five hundred five games, uh, Majesco. Uh, we're not not Majesco now. Uh, I think it's a different company that owns the uh, 
the Cookie Mama series and stuff. You know, Capcom with the Phoenix Wright. Just like there's been some just some weird, weird Japanese games that have came over here. But we love to play them, and we would love to get them, um, and, you know, definitely with the indie scene and stuff. And, you know, with Super Nintendo being such a big deal on uh, with their virtual console eShop for the th- new 3DS, there are some games that some modern players have not played that Japan has made and delivered. So, you know, that's stuff like that is keeping the... Uh, you know, some of uh, Japan existing here in the West. And there, there's always going to be more uh, games of that nature that's going to exist. But we're going to actually be moving on and asking the question, is Nintendo the savior of the East? In my opinion, well, I won't say. But when I come back, we'll actually discuss about it. And I'll be right back. the savior of the east well before i answer actually that um let's actually ex- explore about that um nintendo has in recently uh definitely with the wii and the wii u um and a little bit further that with gamecube they have a lot of good partnerships um uh, if you look at Nelco, uh, Bandai Nelco with soul caliber 2 that i mentioned you know allowing link to be in that game that's so that version sold the highest out of all three games. You know, Hahaichi was on PlayStation 2, Spawn was on Xbox. But, you know, being able to uh, work with Nintendo, um, they also made a Star Fox game. And that kind of led to them making some arcade games, so uh, like Mario Kart GP. Um, Capcom's partnership with Nintendo... You look how strong they made the Legend of Zelda games uh, for the Game Boy and for DS. And then later on, uh, they ended up doing that exclusivity deal where we got like Kyoto 7, Piano 5, uh, and Resident Evil 4. There were supposed to be five games, but those other one, other two didn't make it out. They ended up getting canceled. Uh, so, you know, we also got like Beautiful Joe. And we didn't get Okami, which I wish we did. 
but uh, we, it it could have it could have went more. But it was a good deal for Nintendo and Capcom because they kind of released some of the top games, and also you know Resident Evil Four changing the whole genre or introducing the whole genre of like action games and cover based games. That was huge. You know we've never seen anything like that. Uh, later on, if you look at the Wii U, uh, Platinum and Nintendo coming together for Bayonetta 2 to happen. And look how good Bayonetta 2, uh, is. Like, for a lot of people, that took Game of the Year. And that really made 2014 very difficult to see who would take Game of the Year. Because you had, uh, Bayonetta 2. Hyrule Warrior, you had uh, Catatoa Treasure Tractor, you had Xenoblade Chronicles X. No, Xenoblade Chronicles X was 2015, sorry. Uh, there was another game, I think Pokemon you had uh, in 2014. Like, you really had some strong titles from Nintendo. Uh, but then working with Platinum, and for Platinum to come in and help Nintendo make the Star Fox Zero, that I really can't wait to play. That's going to be actually the next game that I'm playing in my backlog. Uh, really can't wait to start playing that. Uh, you know, that led for Platinum to get more recognizability, uh, recognizability, uh, to be more recognized. Uh, just look at, you know, their, their work with Activision. Transformers Devastation is probably the best out of all of them. Um, Turtles, the Turtle Manhattan game, not so much. Definitely the core game, just people was just like, forget that, don't even try it. Uh, but, you know, they have such a good uh, relationship with Nintendo with the wonderful 101 that people are expecting, hopefully, the wonderful 102 will come out and Bayonetta, Bayonetta 3 will come out on a Nintendo platform. Um, I'm hoping still for Vanquish 2 to come on Switch. I really want Platinum to bring that uh, sequel to that game to Switch. You know, um, Sega working with Nintendo, bringing, like, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, that's so huge. And Sonic games sell very well on Nintendo's platforms. So, even that DLC where uh, Sonic was uh, like in the land of Hyrule, like that was kind of cool and stuff. Um, and definitely with Nintendo working with Capcom, Square Enix, uh, Sega, and Nico, uh for Smash Brothers uh, for Wii U and 3DS, like to have Pac-Man. Mega Man, Sonic, and Mario fighting against each other, and then all of their other games in an eight-player battle fighting against each other. That's crazy. Uh, um, Ryu from Street Fighter literally broke the internet, the servers. Can you believe that Cloud is in is in that game? That destroyed the internet. You talking about reactions of this Metroid Prime and Metroid Samus Return reveal was crazy, was out of control. Even with the Metroid Other Infant coming from Kobe Tecmo, it compares nothing to the reactions that people had with Squall coming, I mean, not Squall, but Cloud coming to uh, Smash. And people were buying that up. I mean, we're still waiting for Corrin. Well, Corrin and Bayonetta are out, but we're just all still waiting for that Amiibo. And to get that Cloud Amiibo, like, everybody is going to be fighting for that, really wanting that. And it's just, it amazes me to see how that strong partnership really worked. You know, Square Enix coming back to Nintendo to make games for them and saying that, you know, they're going to be making more games for Switch and for 
uh, for Sony, which is good. And if you, but if you look at the context with Nintendo, Bravely Default really did numbers. It surprised pretty much everybody at Square Enix. They thought it would only sell a little bit and it wouldn't be huge. No, it forced people to be like, any role-playing game that comes out, we need to have a fast-forward button for its battles. Because these some of the battles in role-playing games just take too long. And they really were just like, you know, we really want... Uh, fast-paced action. So, um, th- that was really good. Uh, good for them. Were some of the partnerships. Um, placing their business in the black. A lot of black games that came on Nintendo really made those companies a lot of money. Capcom, like I said, with Luigi's Mansion Arcade, it's just raking in money. You know, don't know how the Street Fighter did for Switch, but hopefully, um, they get some more support from Monster Hunter is does numbers for them and not only in japan but definitely here in america it's can be like i said became a major title um uh like i said that platinum became more recognizable uh with their games and i think that's where people start caring more about uh these companies that's like there's something about when you put a say product on nintendo you'd be like oh there's some interest and that interest sometimes brings a lot of support um then you know with Nintendo, with these companies working with Nintendo, they're keeping Japan kind of afloat. Uh, the more than people give, you know, can actually see, and I I really enjoy that. I love the fact that they are um that they're they're keeping you know those companies afloat because I really feel like those companies that work with Japan, uh, I mean not Japan that work with Nintendo there are pretty much some good games coming out and it it kind of shows you the uh impact that Nintendo has for uh with those companies like there's something that you could say when you look at that company's work and development that they you know when Nintendo's involvement is in you kind of see the difference when Nintendo is not there so you could you notice that there are some quality issues to be like yeah i see nintendo's influence i seen their editing their correctness i see how some of the developers and ideas help make this game better and some of the decisions that they made and then you play something else that they try to imitate and just be like it doesn't feel the same it, it, the quality assurance is just not the same we get the idea what you was trying to go for but it's not it working it doesn't work properly and it, it kind of feels like they gave you a budget let you do what you needed to do and just wanted to make money and be like get it on time and release it that's what it kind of feels for a lot of them um so uh all in all i say for like this portion not going not going to be too long is that i believe that yes they are i think nintendo is the savior of the east they're you know they helped a lot of companies become more recognizable become more profitable profitable um people were buying more of their games and sometimes some people feel like there's a regret that if you don't buy a game from nintendo from that developer or publisher you realize that you're going to miss out and a lot of people still buy more of their physical than they do their digital some adults i'd be like well i'm going all digital for others for other systems and stuff a lot of people who probably own the switch is like i I love that portability of having a cartridge. 
into my system and if i could buy the cartridge of this game and be able to just there's just something about popping it in it's just being like i don't have to worry about installing i don't have to worry about loading times or things of that nature i could pop it in uh it recognizes it press play and be on the go so i think personally for for me i think nintendo is the savior of japan that is keeping the uh japanese industry afloat um i know people would say maybe there's other games that um that would do it but i but you could see the quality difference between um nintendo working with a developer and a developer working on its own so uh coming up next the um the modern east makes some exceptional games and i'm just gonna be talking about some games that i believe that are exceptional that really can't only come from japan and with that everybody i will be right back The Marvel East making some exceptional games. And in this section, I'm just going to be talking about some games that I really think that they did well. Um, the first one I do want to start off before I actually get to the last one. Um, I, the Last Garden. I think that is a phenomenal game. Um, it really shows you... Uh, how raising a pet really feels like yes there's there's some issues and stuff with it but there's something about you know your main character working with trico and solving puzzles and fighting enemies and just having that bond um the beautiful environment like the wind to me personally like the wind is important in that game like you wouldn't expect a game of that nature just to to make a um to make a a uh, environment uh a weather system or like that or weather i should say um be very major uh you know of course it it looks uh kind of dark and grayish for some places and stuff but you know it there's just something about the last guardian that i'm just like this is uh this is t uh, studio japan and it feels like a studio japan game and it feels like it's something that you'll never be able to find anywhere else. There's something emotional about this game. 
something very touching and something that has its funny moments, but also just has a charm to it. And, you know, I think a lot of Japanese games that when they try to bring a game that has charm and bring some kind of uh, feeling to it, I think they're very good at it. Not saying that uh, Western companies can't do it, but there's just something about um, some Japanese companies that just do it better. Uh, Phoenix Wright, definitely bringing that adventure, bringing that comedy, just just the laughter of that game is very very good uh i love that the fact that it kind of even though it's sad that they switched to digital here in america it's still a great game to pick up and play um i i I beat the last one that came out and man that took me about three weeks like i was doing the cases almost every day trying to get it done and it and it's such a long game but it's so well written so funny they capcom still continues to knock it out with it um some past games that i mentioned like resident Evil 4 you know dark souls uh um bloodborne like you know uh, some platinum games that i mentioned soul Calibur 2 on gamecube final fantasy uh 12 is about to come out phenomenal console uh how should i say like wow kind of game uh it's a little bit strategic oh mmo irish game um it it's so good and hopefully people will play it when it comes out the zodiac sign um or the zodiac age that's the name of it um definitely if you look at final fantasy 14 they just released the Stormblood uh the dlc that's really good that's very popular um you know that went through some ups a lot of downs like they pretty much had to restart the whole game and I've never seen a company take a title, uh, let it be played for maybe three or a month or maybe two, take it down and redo everything. Like cancel all the plans and start from the ground up. No, after a game has been released, um, you know, I should say that I've never seen a company ever do that. And uh, with this one, they did it. But they've been knocking it out the park with uh, A Realm Reborn and knocking, it apart, knocking out the park with this uh, DLC. So it's really good to see that. So there are some, you know, Marvel companies still making some great games. Uh, last but not least, because I'm going to move on to the last part. Uh the breath of the wild the legend of zelda you cannot deny it. um before i do i talk about breath of the wild i kind of want to read you guys this uh piece that are uh this uh paragraph that i wrote for um this topic uh nintendo and strong titles like xenoblade chronicles x bayonetta 2 fire emblem wake and mario kart dx snipper clips and more of the strong first party just continue to show the world why being in a particular place doesn't matter broadening the audience with their games have reached new players into giving the genre a try fire emblem went from a small fan base to a major franchise for them yoshi and kirby sell well to kids and have been incorporating different art styles even the mario vs sonic olympics did wonders nintendo continues to expand its love for games to everyone and even when some titles being mediocre there's still some type of fun to be had 
so we can't uh, so we can't count Japan out just yet. They are still giving us fun and unique games. We love the culture and even cosplay a ton of their creations that make it over here. With a big title like Splatoon still affecting players here, ours is still making rounds of fun and hopefully be a huge hit with us. The East keeps making exceptional games and as long as we support them, we keep getting more and that's excellent for everyone. And it is true. I believe that is true. Um, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild not only is kind of the best Zelda game to date, um, it's probably is you know the it's probably hopefully it takes game of the year, uh, twenty thousand seventeen. But it when they said they was giving you freedom, they gave you freedom, and it feels like there's no other game this year that could top it. Yes, Rising, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is up there with The Legend of Zelda. They're both fantastical games. Like that, Horizon is a game that you own a PlayStation Four for, um, and it you know it really shows that Guerrilla Games can make other type of style of games outside of Killzone, um, and it shows the power of Sony's strong first per strong first party. Um, you know when they could when they actually release something that's that's really good that we just don't grow and roll over and trade in i should say um you know horizon is pretty good but the legend of zelda it people wanted to climb more uh people were taking it everywhere there were so many secrets that people are still finding uh the dlc just came out and you know people are into there trying to you know beat the trials and stuff like the game got deep and it when physics and stuff were also playing a part it really showed you that hey you know you gotta pay attention because when you do something it has an effect on the game that you're playing it has effect in that world so that really is a big and major thing so um that's just some examples and i know there's definitely more like pokemon is is huge and stuff uh but the martyr still is making exceptional games so when i come back i'm going to give my final thoughts about this topic and uh do some plugging and then uh let everybody go and have a great week and have a great weekend so when i come back i'm going to be talking about how i personally view the ease and with that everybody i will be right back how i view the east um you know definitely being a kid uh you know japan games has affected what i love about video games um it kind of helped me explore and care about other cultures um still receive uh, like personally for me i still feel like i'm receiving the best gaming from japan and i kind of in this in a way i still prefer japan games over the west but i love all games um i've what i view the east is is i know a lot of people say of course you're going to view it definitely with nintendo and their strong titles and stuff but 
there's a, like I stated earlier that I love that weird and I love that quirkiness and I, there's just something about like their artwork and them willing to try different things. Uh, and yes, the names and stuff can be crazy, like infinite undiscover, infinite undiscovery that didn't make no sense. But um, you know, we got uh, lost Odyssey and stuff. Like we kind of got a game that beautiful and that in that deep story. Um, there's something about the relationships and characters and stuff like their stories in Japan really matter. Um, and I kind of haven't felt that way in a long time, you know, definitely like with Ryan being, uh, you know, that being from tequila works strong story without saying much, it, you know, I, like I still feel like the music really sold that story really sold that game. Um, I, I think the last time I felt really, not emotional about by a by story from the West. Um, I kind of felt, I, I really enjoyed the story of Titanfall 2. Um, I, I loved the bond that they had in that game. And I kind of haven't felt that way in a long time from a Western developer. Where I really cared about the characters. I, I, the, the story, yes, is goofy, but um, their, the relationship that they had in that game with the characters really mattered um to me and i like i said i just haven't felt that way and where in japan that i like when i get a story when i meet some characters and i hear the voice acting and i read the dialogue and i see all the localized work that went into it stuff it just it just means so much more to me and you know i i feel like that when i started this project thinking about is the rising sun still shiny? Overall, they are. And they have to continue to shine because it you know, it brighten it should be brightening us all in gaming. And even though it feels like there's a downfall going on to it, you know, and when it feels like we're all destroying it, but yet somehow saving it in a way. I think that if as long as we continue to support Japanese gaming, as long as we try to pick up a title or two, whether it's indie, whether it's something that we would never think of, I think as long as we try to keep doing that or start to do that, I think we could see the East really make a bigger impact than what it is now. You know, it's coexisting very well and it's being maintained. And, you know, definitely with me being a big Nintendo player, I love supporting Nintendo because those of those Japanese games, those ideas that's coming over. But I also love supporting other Japanese developers. Um, and I would love to see, you know, some Western developers sometimes maybe incorporate a Japanese style. I think that's why I like Ninja Theory coming out with Hellblade that I'm like, this is a day one purchase. It, you know, there's something about Ninja Theory that, you know, they they have something about them that feels very Japanese, even though they're not. You know, it, it, there's just there's something about their games that I really love and appreciate. Um, th th that I ch it's really hard to describe, but it's just like some something about when I pick up their games and I play it, I'm like I get it, and I love the the aesthetic. I love how you guys really really get the idea of what gaming is about. Um, from a Japanese standpoint, uh, so with that, everybody, I 
I think that this, uh, the rising sun is still shiny. And as long as we continue to shine, it'll burn up on all of us. Uh, with that, everybody, um, I'm going to do one more, uh, kind of like two more music breaks. I'm going to do one uh, to get into my plugs. And then I'm going to uh, end it. But uh, I really first want to thank everybody for commenting and reading optional this optional opinion feature. If you have not, like I said, go to IGN.com anime and hear more of my thoughts thoughts about it uh so when i come back i'm gonna do some plugs because i knew got some new people things i got to say and plug about so with that everybody i will be right back these plugs um you guys can check more of optional opinion on soundcloud itunes google play and other podcast apps i still will be posting them on anonymous radio network.popping.com but just uh let you guys do know if you missed the announcement i am not part of the anonymous radio network i did decide to leave uh, i am at a new network actually ngr radio uh with Corey derrick and all our uh fellow guests or fellow teammates i should say not guests uh, you know, with Matthew Keel, Moose, uh, Campbell, uh, Larry Giver, uh, John Martin, uh, you know, Corey and me, uh, we got a lot of big stuff planned for NGR that we're working on and stuff. But I'll get a little bit more into that later. Um, you guys can email the show at optional opinion at my out to comment at yahoo.com. Um, you also could check out me, uh, follow me on Twitter at that retro code. Um, like I said, read the optional opinion blogs on IGN.com under anime. You can check my other series, the moment at skirmishfrogs.com. Um, I will be having a new blog up. I meant to write, uh, get it up this week. Um, uh, but I had other, my, all the other blogs and stuff to write to get up. So, 
um, you guys will be able to check that one out later on. Um, some other podcasts that I want to promote to you guys, um, the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce uh, podcast. You can hear them on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at HH Podcast Show. Uh, subscribe to them on YouTube. Uh, Simon's Cake Podcast at simonscake.wordpress.com where you can hear the podcast, which is also on iTunes. Like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at Simon's Cake. Um, and subscribe to them on YouTube also. MC Video Game Book Club. Come and join us on Facebook and join in the discussion. Uh, you can check it, check us out on there. Also on YouTube, MVC Video Game Book Club. Uh, Secret Friends Unite. You can check out their podcast on Podomatic, iTunes, and Stitcher. Like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at Secret Friends U. And subscribe to their YouTube page, Secret Friends United. Check out Phoenix Overdrive's content via YouTube at youtube.com slash Phoenix Overdrive. Subscribe to them uh, at SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash Phoenix Overdrive. Or find them on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music by searching for Nerd Overdrive. Join their discussion via Facebook at Facebook.com slash groups uh, PO Nation. And tweet them at PHX underscore Overdrive. Or tweet their official page, podcast at Nerd underscore Overdrive. Uh, for their extra life efforts, check them out at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Overdrive. Or check out their extra life team page at extra-life.org slash team slash Phoenix Overdrive 17. Uh, and as always, rise above. Check out their uh, Twitch page at twitch.tv slash Phoenix underscore Overdrive. Life of Gaming, you can find them on their website, lifeofgaming.net, where you can check out their podcast there and SoundCloud. Uh, follow them on Twitter at Life of Gaming Pod and subscribe to them on YouTube, Life of Gaming. Uh, you guys could check out my Twitch channel, the lyrical one, and watch my Let's Learn series. I'm going to be starting that uh in the coming weeks. Uh, I'm about to start uh, planning that out, and we'll let everybody know what I'm going to be teaching. Um, and also getting ready to do my uh the Beauty of Video Games Volume Three. I got guests lined up, and I can't wait to have them. Uh, right now I'm in the stage of getting uh my uh topics and stuff, and hopefully I will be discussing one particular topic with a great great friend of mine so do guys do check that out that's coming in september right now i just got to get everything uh planned out and ready to go and started so when it comes time to roll out bam it's ready the context is there the podcasts are there and i could drop them um ngr radio uh that i mentioned in the beginning um i am part of that with Corey and like i said with my other friends um, we're going to have multiple shows. Um, and by the time you hear this, uh, World One One Podcast will be a part of NGR Radio. Um, but you still can find World One World One Podcast at shoutengine.com, um, which is going to be now a part of in, uh, under the NGR umbrella. So uh, the shows that I'm doing on NGR, I do with Corey Nintendo Power Block that you guys can check out. Um, and also Arsenal X, our new show for uh, Xbox Podcast. Uh, Nerds Gone Rogue or uh, NGR Radio Barcade. Uh, you guys can check that out. That's new. Uh, well, that's the new name for uh, Nerds Gone Rogue for NGR Radio. Uh, so you'll be able to check that out. Uh, also, uh, Nerds Gone Platinum is uh, another new show dedicated to uh, PlayStation. We do have a pilot episode, but Moose is going to be heading that. Uh, so do check that out on NGRRadio.com. Uh, they just recorded their first episode, so you can check that at, at NGR Radio. 
um, YouTube's page. Um, I still got to watch it and check it out. But congratulations to Moose, uh, him heading up that thing. So, um, but yeah, uh, in World 101 Podcast, like I said, we'll be under NGR. Um, also, John Martin, uh, beer review is, is part of NGR now. So he, we have a home, he has a home there. So if you guys are interested in different kinds of beers and stuff or have any knowledge about that, you know, check it out and maybe hit him up and see uh, if you can be on the show and talk some things about beer, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I'm not a drinker, so... Um, there are some other things that are coming along in the way. I do have an NGR blog that I am, um, you know, finishing up writing, um, and I am getting ready to post because this one is very serious, um, for it. So, uh, but with that, everybody, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, uh, I will see you guys next week. Um, have a great 4th of July, um, you know, with, you know, with the weekend, definitely with the weekday, uh, with it being on a Tuesday and stuff, you know, stay safe. Uh, if the weather is good, you know, make sure that you got some suntan lotion. <laughs> if you're a lighter skin or you're my complexion, a little bit darker, just try to keep cool, uh, and stuff like that. But everybody, please have fun. Be safe. If you're, if you're going to be drinking, please have another driver that's going to drive you home or be able to sleep somewhere or catch an Uber or something. But really, guys, be safe. Um, you know, I guys want to, I want you guys to be alive so you guys can gain more, hear podcasts more, and just be as awesome as you always are. And with that, everybody, I am out. And I'll let you guys check you in later next time on Optional Opinion. Peace.